it's a new year. You know, we're, we're well into it now. We're getting there um, almost to the end of January. It's crazy that we're already here. But something that sometimes tends to happen at the beginning of a year or during various life uh, struggles or, or new things going on or new phases, seasons, whatever, is, is the idea of, of change different things that we want to change in our life. Like I wish we had more of this or I wish I could be like that or look like that or do this or that. You know, there's, there's lots of things that we'd like to change. Maybe a bad habit, a bad test score, a bad relationship, or, or maybe a bad haircut. I mean, I, I, that's the reason my hair is long or one of the reasons I guess is because I hated getting bad haircuts and it happened all the time. But anyway, you know, at the beginning of a year or some kind of new season, it's it's so easy to start thinking about change. And you might even ask yourself, if you had one change, control over one change in your life, would you go back in time and, and make that change? Or, or what would you change? Or, you know, or would you save that change and use it later in life? You know, there's probably something in your life right now that you'd like to change. And maybe think about this. You know, what's something about your life that you'd like to change physically or socially or emotionally or, or spiritually? You know, change is something when we when we want it, you know, we we can't seem to, to make it happen sometimes, but we want it. And then when it's happening to us, other times of change, we don't want it to happen. It's just this this thing. It's this thing that sometimes we want it, we don't. But anyway. I want to talk about over the next several weeks, one thing that could be the change agent for every single one of the things that we just mentioned. Something that can be that force of change in your life for the areas that you want improvement or, or different or something like that. And, and it's funny as, as we were talking about this, you know, because I'm having to re-record this, technology didn't really work. But uh, you know, I'm asking, you know, what what do you think that would be this change agent? And you know, they started shouting, the students started shouting out answers. Um, but once I gave the answer, you could already see in the room, like, oh, well, that's not as exciting as I thought it'd be. And and it's so often I see this so much. This change agent that we're going to be talking about is prayer. And so often we're like, oh, prayer. Well, okay, whatever. We, we underscore, we undermine, we, we lessen what prayer actually is. And so we're going to be talking about that. What, that, that prayer is this change agent that we need in our life. I encourage, if you're listening, that uh, if you have questions about prayer, man, let me know. Um, feel free to text me or uh, look at my email on our uh, church website, southwestpark.org, um, or just let me know that you have a question. question. We have a, a, a place to put them in the youth room. but Or if you have prayer, if you have prayer requests in your life, let me know. I'd be happy to pray over them um, and pray for change in your life. But here's some questions I just want you to think about. 
What has your experience with prayer been like so far? Positive or negative? Just kind of come up with an answer in your head. What has your experience with prayer been like so far? Another couple questions. What's something you've prayed for in the last week? You know, I find a lot lately I'm praying for my daughter's health because she's been sick a lot this month already. (laughs) In my own health, maybe, as well. But anyway, and then what's something that you pray for regularly? that you always seem to come back to this kind of prayer. Um, you know, there's going to be a phrase that you're going to hear me say a lot this over this uh, series, and it's that prayer equals change. Prayer equals change. And maybe you're like many of us, and you're like, well, I know that's what scripture says. I know that's what God says, but it just doesn't feel like it. Like I'm not buying it because there's plenty of times that I've prayed and nothing has changed. And I hear you because I've been there too. In fact, I want to share a a quick story about a prayer I had at the very beginning of this year, going into this year. Um, You know, I was going through, through doubts and struggles and just trying to figure out the direction of my life at the moment. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of opportunities, and then there's a lot of things that just weren't going as well as I wished they were. Um, or, or I was trying so hard to do something that just didn't seem to change, make any difference. And so I was asking God for help. God, tell me what you want me to do in this area. And tell me what you want me to do in this area. And tell me what you want me to do in this area. This is what my prayer was. Um, is God, just tell me what you want me to do um, in these areas because I'm so stuck, I'm so lost, I don't know, I'm discouraged almost. Um, And even in many cases, yeah, definitely discouraged. And so that was my prayer. And here's the crazy thing. Um, It didn't feel like God was answering him. He didn't give me any answers to the questions I was asking. And I wonder if you can relate. Have you ever felt like your prayers don't get answered? Have you ever wondered why God seems to be silent sometimes or if prayer actually works or makes a difference? I know I've wondered that. But I've learned a lot about prayer in the last several years and and even in the last few weeks. And that's what I want to share with you. So today I want to share some of what I've learned and, and I hope it's helpful in your prayer life and in your uh, relationship with God and then you're, you know, seeking after a change agent in your world. But I want to define prayer first. Um, and, and I just want you to kind of picture this with me because you can't see our, our little drawing here. But most of the time we, we think of prayer like this. You know, picture a whiteboard at the bottom. We have the stick figure and it's us. That's you, a stick figure. And then at the top of the whiteboard, we have the word God. And in between is an arrow pointing up to God. And that kind of represents how we see prayer. Um, in, our, in our minds, prayer starts with us and goes to God. You know, we see a need and then we ask God to meet that need, to fix it. And that's the way most people pray, right? Because we need, they, they need God's help. I know there's many, 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 many times that's how I pray. It's because I need God's help. And And it's true. That is partially, in some ways, how it works. And 
and, and how we pray and, and, you know, we do need God's help, but prayer is a whole lot bigger than we make it out to be sometimes because even the Bible talks about prayer in a much different way. In Romans, um, it, it says this, Oh, the depths and the riches and the wisdom and the no- of, of the knowledge of God. Man, how unsearchable his judgments and his untraceable his ways are. For who knows the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? And who has ever given to God that he should be repaid by God? For, for, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So you have this short passage here that just talks about the massive depth and and greatness and abundance of who God is, his knowledge and his wisdom and his goodness and his greatness and his majesty and, and, and so on. And then you have these quotes from the, the Old Testament about who is who has known God or who has ever been owed to by God. Like God doesn't owe anybody. Nobody created him. Um, nobody put him in power. God is just there, and he is already sovereign and, and incredible and those kind of things. And then it ends with this verse, verse 36 in Romans 11. It says, for from him, from, from God, and through God, and to God are all things. It doesn't say that and then exclude prayer. No, prayer is part of this. Prayer is from him and through him and to him. That's all prayer. And that's kind of the first point I want to make that everything, including prayer, is and should be about God. And so go back to our picture with us. You know, n- normally we look at prayer working from us to God, going up to God. It starts with us and goes to God. But I want to change that, erase that arrow in your mind. So you have you at the bottom, God at the top. And then I want you to start a a arrow going from God all the way down to you and then back up to him. Kind of this circle, this prayer circle. And it's the the picture that prayer begins and ends with God. Prayer begins and ends with God, and we're, we're part of it. We're included in that, but it begins and ends with God. And when we begin to understand this, it changes the way we pray. And so let's go deeper with this, with this picture. If you've been part of the church community in your life, you've probably heard of this idea, this concept called the Trinity. And it explains about how our God kind of works and relates to us. Um, but you have uh, God as as one God, but in, in three persons or personas or, or something like that. And you have the Father the Son, and the Spirit. And so think of our picture. You have you at the bottom, God at the top. And at the top, and we have this circle that starts with God, or this arrow that turns into a circle that starts with God and ends with God. Um, Anyway, so we have God the Father at the top. And then I want you to put uh, God the Spirit on the right side of the circle. So it starts with God. Then we have the Spirit. Then we have you at the bottom and then Jesus on the other side of the circle. Um, and that's the, the prayer cir- circle. So again, we've already talked about God the Father. He's where everything begins and ends. But God the Father isn't the only uh, member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit also helps us to pray. And so let's talk about that. I want to read out of 1 Corinthians um, chapter 
2, starting in verse 10, it says, Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except his Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. See here, Paul is telling us that one of the things the Holy Spirit does is to help us know the thoughts of God the Father. He reveals God's thoughts to us if we're listening. And that's pretty cool. That, you know, There's a few people that wish they could read minds. I'm not one of them. But sometimes you really do wish, I, I wish I knew what they were thinking right that, right now. Especially when you feel like there's a miscommunication. It's like, I just wish I knew what they were trying, what they were trying to say or what they were thinking in that situation or things like that. But here's what's so amazing is we have the ability, if we're in relationship with Jesus Christ, saved by faith in Jesus Christ through his grace, we have the ability to know the thoughts of God, to know the thoughts of the God of the universe. God says we can do it right here in this passage, that through his Holy Spirit, he makes that possible. And so it's so important to recognize when it comes to prayer, it starts and ends with God. But God wants to communicate his desires and his dreams and, and his ways and what he has going on to us through his spirit. That his spirit is willing to, in a sense, bring us our prayers. I want you to kind of hold on to that as we move forward because we move into the part to where we pray. The part of prayer where you come in. I want to read out of John chapter 5, uh, verse 19. It says, you know, Jesus is talking and he's, he's kind of sharing um, how he kind of goes about his ministry. And he says this, look, I tell you, the son is not able to do anything on his own. He's referring to himself. I'm not able to do anything on my own, but only what I see my father doing. For whatever the father does, the son likewise likewise does these things. So again, I, you know, Jesus isn't really focusing in on prayer right here, but he's talking about a way of living that encompasses everything that we do, including the way we pray. See, Jesus' life was solely about imitating what the father did, what God did. And as followers of Jesus, you and I are, are invited to do the same thing, to be a part of reflecting and representing and imitating our God. To do what the Father shows us to do and to live the way um, he's the, the ways that, that he's kind of carved out to be um, lived and done. So when we learn the thoughts and the desires of God the Father through the Holy Spirit, we should reflect those thoughts and desires in the way we pray. And if you're confused right now, if this seems a little confusing, it's going to make a whole lot more sense. So hang on, hold on as we, we keep going. But again, prayer starts and ends with God. The Holy Spirit wants to bring God's desires and thoughts to us in prayer. And, and our part, one of our parts in that is to hear that, to listen for that. See, there's only one way that this works. If we want to do what God says, 
if we want to be a part of what God has going on, what the Holy Spirit wants to bring us and tell us, we first have to hear what God says. Prayer works best when we listen first and speak second. You know, so often when we pray, our prayers usually go like this. You know, we say, you know, Father or dear God or however we start it, and then we, boom, we're into an immediate list of struggles or needs or whatever. You know, sometimes we praise him. We talk about how awesome God is, and we thank God too. But so often when we start praying, we just start yapping. We're jabbering. Prayer works best when we listen first and speak second. Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you? If so, what what did you hear? And then, why do you think it's easier to speak than to listen when we pray? When we ask that, discuss this question. Um, we talked about how it's it's easier to speak because sometimes it's easier just to talk about us than to have to listen to somebody else or, or something like that. Or we just get so distracted. And when we're doing the talking, it's it's easier to focus on our story or our, our list or whatever than it is to focus our full attention just on listening, especially if that listen comes in a whisper or with pauses or anything like that. And so another question is, is how do you think someone could get better at listening for God? How do you think you could get better at listening for God? Because again, prayer starts and ends with God. It comes through the Holy Spirit, but we must be in a position and in a uh, willingness, have a willingness to listen for him for the Holy Spirit to deliver the Father's desires to us. I want to read another passage. Um, you know, when it comes to us praying, there comes a point where it's our turn to speak. I think, again, prayer works best when we listen first and speak second. Um, but there comes a point, you know, in a relationship, communication must go both ways. We must allow God to communicate with us but he also desires us to communicate with him. And this is where our needs come in. This is where, um, you know, our, our thankfulness and our praise and our uh, our supplications and, and petitions or, or whatever you want to call it, this is where it all comes in. But there's sometimes where, especially I feel like in my life, in hard situations, when I really want to ask God for help, but I have no idea how to say it. And I know I'm not the only one that's been there in a place where we just, man, are at a loss of words. We're speechless because we just don't know. Maybe, maybe like, maybe we just don't know what we need, but we just know we need help. Here's what's cool. Listen to this scripture. It's in Romans 8, 26 through 27. It says, in the same way, the spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us. He steps in for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So again, we go back to our picture. And we have 
Prayer starts and ends with God. But God the Father has these desires, this way, this stuff that he's doing, and he wants us to be a part of it. And so he sends that through his spirit to us, that if we are just willing to listen, man, we could receive and know some of the character and the desires of our God. And then in turn, we can take those desires and we can repeat them back to God. We can take this character of God and that shapes the way that we uh, phrase what we're asking or the questions that we have or the things that we want. And even when we can't quite articulate it well, or we don't even know what we're saying, we just feel like we're blabbering or we're going on or or sometimes we're like, look, I know this sounds selfish, but God, I need help. Um, and you know the best way to help me, but here's my request anyways. The Holy Spirit is helping to do that translation, to help straighten it out. And then it goes to Jesus. I want, I, it, it all kind of connects. Look at Jesus' role here. I want to read Romans 8, 34. Um, it says, uh, Christ Jesus... He is the one who died, but even more has been raised. And he is also at the right hand of God. And he intercedes for us. He intercedes for us. So again, the Spirit not only is doing this work in our lives, helping to communicate out the things that we need to communicate back to God, but Jesus is there saying, look, I'm going to take it all the way to him. It's going back to God. The prayer that begins and ends with him, it's going back to him. And we're going to take it to him. And even if it doesn't make sense from, from what you said, I understand where you're at. I know what's going on. I can translate. I can help you know, intercede. I can step in. I can help interpret. It's cool because if you think about this idea that Jesus intercedes for us in prayer. It's, it's the fact that Jesus prays for us. In fact, he's praying for us like present tense, like right now, this very second, Jesus is interceding on our behalf. When we pray, it's as though Jesus escorts us to the feet of God and helps us present our requests. I wonder if this changes any of the things that you've been praying about. I wonder if this changes the way you understand God or the way that you approach him in prayer. But most of all, I hope this picture helps you remember this one important thing about prayer is that it starts and ends with God. That prayer isn't a simple me just shouting out things and maybe God hears it. No, God is sending prayer to us to transform, to change us to change the way that we pray so that when we pray, it is truly his will and his desires that are going back to him. Prayer equals change when our prayers begin and end with God. Prayer equals change when we begin and end with God. Prayer isn't about what we need or or what we want God to do. Prayer is about God revealing his desires to us so that we can reflect those desires back to him in prayer. So how should this change the way we pray? Like, how does this work? Now what? 
I think it starts here. When you pray, listen first and speak second. Instead of letting your prayers start with you, let them start with God. Let the Holy Spirit kind of deliver something to you, to your heart. And then echo back to God his desires in, in, in his heart back to him when you pray. Again, it starts by listening and getting to know the heart of God and then allowing that newfound knowledge and understanding and closeness to work and change how you send that prayer back to him. So, so let's, let's just do it together. I'm going to read a passage of scripture. Um, And we're going to start praying. And we're going to allow God to just speak. We're going to hear this passage and we're just going to allow God to speak through this passage to us. And maybe communicate something to ours that he has for us. So that means we're going to have to listen. To listen first. Okay, that's where we're going to start. And then after we listen, after we've heard, we're going to repeat those truths, those those things that we've heard, that maybe the desires of God's heart or the character of who God is. We're going to repeat that back to him. And then we're going to allow that understanding and that that new newfound expression of prayer or, or whatever you want to call it. We're going to let it influence what we pray next. Okay, so so let's just give it a shot um, and try this together. So, Father God, help us as we listen now to your scripture as you speak to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Allow God to speak to you in these next few moments. If you've got something, if, if you've already man, felt God kind of use that t- to place something on your heart, talk to God about that. Ask him to help you to imitate him in this area and to help your desires look like his desires. Now, with, with that in mind, that conversation that you've just had, listening to his heart and kind of sharing your heart, ask God for something that you know lines up with his character and his desires as he's just shared. 
If God loves the world, gave himself for us, and wants to see everyone come to salvation, what's something you could ask him to do? And, and ask that. Father, that's how prayer works. As true change happens when it begins and ends with you. When you have these desires and these ways and and these things going on that you want to share with us and we take the opportunity to just listen and we repeat it back to you and, and we allow that to change, to morph the way we pray, the way we ask, the way we, man, seek you. And may we remember that even when we don't know what to say or we're just not sure if we heard it right or, or man, we're just confused or we're muddling up the words or, or all these little things where we get discouraged in prayer by, help us to remember that the Spirit is helping and Jesus is interceding. That he is always praying for us. That he's always delivering our hearts to God as they are. Though we might not deserve it, he does it anyways. And that God desires to hear our hearts. Help us to remember that. And help our prayers just again equal change because they begin and end with you. So, Father, that's that's kind of my desire. That's my hope for each of us as we pray to start here and let this prayer circle kind of grow in our life and help us to start seeing the change. And it's in your name that we pray, the name of Jesus, the powerful name, the name that brings change. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. You know, I told, I shared a, a story earlier um, about uh, my prayer at the beginning of this year. You know, I told you that I wanted God, hey, God, help me with this. Give me an answer or show me what you want me to do in this area and this area and this area. Like, I had a list. I wrote it all down. And I had blanks next to it. I was ready to fill in um, what God wanted me to do in those areas. But I told you he didn't answer that. He didn't. And again, the reason I think it was this way and the reason this happened is because I started with myself. I started speaking first. I went with the old method where prayer is just for me to him. And that's just not the fullness of prayer. That's not how God intended for prayer to be. Eventually, I listened. And he said, look, you're asking the wrong questions. How about you just listen to me for a moment? Allow me to fill you in on where I would like for you to be. And allow that to influence the questions that you have, the prayer requests that you have, and see what changes. And so I did that. I listened, and he kind of gave me my one word for the year. That's something that we did uh, the last couple weeks. Um, And if you want to be part of that, just reach out to me. But... It's where we 
allow God to give us one word to influence our whole year. That way, the whole year, we can come back to this word and be encouraged or be challenged or be reminded of something. And this is where I got my one word. God was like, look, you want easy answers. And what that means is you want ways where you don't have to trust in me every day. You want to know the answers so that you're secure and you're comfortable and those kind of things. That's not how this is going to work. I want you to depend on me, to grow in your dependence on me. And and that's my one word is dependence. How can I grow in my dependence on God every day? And that changed what I was praying. That changed my heart in that moment in time and, and, and gave me some encouragement in the face of my discouragement. Because it reminded me I wasn't alone. It reminded me that God truly does want to take care of me, but he has greater goals than I have. He has a bigger story, a bigger plan going on than the little ones I do. And so I stopped asking for specifics and I started just to admit my dependence on him for all things. And it's been so good. Because through that, Some of the answers that I wanted to start with showed up. And through that, some of the questions I was asking became less, uh, became less immediate. Like I didn't need them anymore to feel secure and loved. And that's what happens when we allow prayer to start with God and to end with God. Not to start with us and to end with God. That's what prayer is all about. Once again, prayer equals change when we begin and end with God. And that's kind of our our sermon series right there is, is change. Do you want to see change? Start there. Start with prayer, beginning and ending with God. And remember this picture that we've kind of shared, this prayer circle. Um, And let that be uh, an encouragement in our prayer life. So before we end, what questions do you still have about prayer? I want questions. Uh, I know I've gotten a couple already from some youth. I want to know your questions, hard questions, easy questions that you've always had or just came up with. What questions do you have about prayer? Um, Find a way to reach out to me. Once again, if you have my number, just text me um, or email me, Carson at southwestpark.org. Um, you know, you can go on our website or on our church app or, you know, there's lots of ways you can reach out or just find me and, and, and say, hey, this is it, and I'll write it down. But I want to be able to answer some of your questions about prayer over the next several weeks. One other scripture I want to read before we end here is, is Hebrews 4, verse 14 through 16. So good, so good. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. So before I keep reading, the high priest was the guy that would go in place of everybody in Israel to this little room where God's presence would be at. He would be the representative of humanity to go stand before God. And if you've uh, heard this before in scripture, you know, it, people couldn't look at God and survive because of his holiness. 
you know, you can't get too close to the sun, otherwise you burn up. And that's that's a very good picture and understanding on how um, our relationship with God works because of our sin. It's not that God can't be around sin. It's that sin can't withstand the presence of God and all humanity has sinned. And so here's what's cool about that. The scripture says, look, we have a great high priest who is better than any human that tried to fit that role because it's Jesus, God himself, that came from heaven and he is our high priest. He is that guy going before us towards the the hot spot of the sun there. And so we can hold on to our confession, to our faith, to our relationship. We can be encouraged by that, okay? So that's kind of where we're at. Let's keep reading. Verse 15, it says, For we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. So not only is God our high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, our high priest, but Jesus was also human. He also experienced every human thing and struggle that, that, that we face, every temptation, yet he didn't fall like we fell. And he's the one representing us. And so, verse 16 says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace, the throne of God with all of his grace. Let us approach that with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Man, regardless of where you feel you're at in your prayer journey or your prayer walk or whatever you want to call it, just being able to pray, know that you can go to God in prayer. You can approach his throne of grace with boldness and with courage because Jesus goes before you. He clears your name and he says, look, this person deserves to be heard because they are your child, Father. And then it says in the second half of 16, when we do that, we're put in a place to receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. When we allow ourselves to listen then and to receive God's desires into our life um, from the Spirit, he, that's what he's communicating. It's all sorts of mercies and grace to help us in our time of need. Such a powerful verse. Such a powerful verse. So, so think about that. Think about the prayer circle. Think about the scripture in Hebrews 4 there. And maybe ask yourself, what's one thing you're going to change um, this week in the way that you talk with God? You know, so often we pray because we want God to change something that matters to us. And sometimes he will, but our prayers will always be much more effective, so much more effective. When instead of starting with ourselves and our desires, we instead start with God and his desires. When we let our prayers start with God instead of ourselves, I think we're going to be far, far more likely to see God change something. When we let God's desires shape our desires and then pray that those desires become a reality, I think we'll see him change the world around us. But even more so, I think we're going to get, begin to see him change us as well. Because prayer equals change when our prayers begin and end with God.